Hallelujah. Come on and put those sanctified hands together and bless the name of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we're glad about it. Welcome to Cade Chapel, yes, but welcome to worship. It's time to worship the Lord. God is great and greatly to be praised. Go ahead and let your neighbors and your friends know that you're tuned in to Cade Chapel. Invite them to worship with us right now. You know what I say. Put your coffee down, put your hands up, and let's worship the Lord because he's truly worthy to be praised. Come on, get your house in your in, make your house your sanctuary sit your children down go ahead and get ready because it's time to worship the Lord in this season of essential workers in this season of deciding which businesses are essential I've discovered one thing and I've reaffirmed one thing he is all that we need God is all that we need he is essential in our lives the band is here the praise team is here and we're going to worship him together because he's all that we need come on praise team let's bless him Praise the Lord. We have a little technical difficulties, so we're going to have to go raw, raw, raw.
How many of you know you need him this morning? I need him. I need him every moment, every hour, every minute, every second of every hour. The old saints, the old saints, Pat. You, you know, I got I to gotta get my old saints in here, the seasoned saints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Somebody here knows what I'm talking about. Every hour. Why don't you make your house your sanctuary? My Savior, I, I, I come, oh yes, Lord, to, to Thee. I see one of my mothers walking around in the kitchen with hands lifted up saying, I need the Lift your hands and bless him this morning. Every hour I need thee. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, bless. Bless me right now. My Savior, my Savior, my Savior. wounded and said, but Lord, here I am. I, I, I come to, I come to thee. Oh, bless you. Let us pray. Father, we come this morning thanking you for all you've done. In the midst of all that's going on, Father, we still have glory to praise you for for keeping us safe, Father, for letting those who are sick recover, if it be your will. Father, we ask that you would bless every household, that you would bless every person that has weight on their mind this morning, Father. Let them know that you're still in the healing business and that you're still in charge, and we thank you for it, Father. We give you the honor, we give you the praise. We pray for those, Father, who are laid off their jobs and wondering, Father, where their next income is coming from. Father, give them the peace and let them know that you have the world in your hands and you control the world. And we're trusting and depending on you, Father, in these times. For it's these times that we praise you most, that we need you closer, Father, we need to feel your spirit. We need to understand, Father, that you are there for us. And even though this pandemic is upon us, that you have not forsaken us. So, Father, we just ask that you just keep us close. Let us feel your presence. And that all that we do, Father, let us glorify your name and edify man. These prayers we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Deacon Sims. If you will, go ahead and let's get our scripture ready for this morning as well. Psalm, Psalm 13. Hallelujah. God bless you. We need the Lord. Amen. Oh, God, I feel your spirit this morning. I feel your spirit and your presence this morning. Thank you, Lord, that even in and through all of this, you're with us now. God, we bless you. We bless you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Can we have the scripture reading? God bless you. Morning. It's coming from Psalms 13, verses 1 through 6. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with the thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God, give light to my eyes. Or I will sleep in death, and my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praises, for he has been good to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, we don't want you to just watch us. We want you to worship with us. Amen. We want you to worship with us. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of divergence, but it's coming to me as we go, Pat, and praise team. So y'all just go with me. I need them to worship. I want you to worship with us. Can we, can we do a little bit of Alpha and Omega? You are Alpha and Omega. We worship you, O Lord, for you are worthy to be praised in the quietness of your heart in the quietness of your house, in your home. Go to a quiet place now. Let's just worship him. He's Alpha. You are Alpha. And Omega. And Omega. We worship. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. You're Alpha. You're Alpha. You are Alpha. And Omega. And Omega. That's it. That's it. We worship. We worship you, our Lord. You're worthy. You are worthy. Can you stay right there? First and last, beginning and end, Alpha and Omega. You are Alpha. You are Alpha. And Omega. And Omega. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy.
give it to Him. Open your heart, open your mouth, lift those hands. We give you all the glory. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. Come on, give it to Him. We, we give you all. Worship him in your living room. Worship him in your kitchen. Worship him in your bedroom, wherever you are right now. Worship him in your workplace. Worship him in your car. Hallelujah. You're worthy, oh God. We worship you. You're worthy to be praised. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's nobody like God. Oh, I say there's nobody like God. There's nobody like our God. He's Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, from everlasting to everlasting. He is God. There's nobody like our God. Bless his name. Bless his name. Hallelujah. We worship you, O oh God, for you're worthy to be praised. Amen. 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 God bless you. Listen, we're going to continue in this worship experience by giving now. It's time that we give and present our gifts and our offerings unto the Lord. You can give in many multiple ways. Uh, if you have our K Chapel app, you can give that way. You can text the number that is on the screen right now. You can give that way. Also, remember that we are re still receiving mail. Amen. If you want to mail your tithes, if you want to drop them off uh, during the hours of, of, of Saturday, at, at I'm sorry, Friday from 10 to 3, Saturday from 10 to 1, you can do that as well. So any number of ways that you can continue to give. And we thank you for your faithfulness. And to all of our new members, our new visitors, those who are visiting us week after week uh, online, you're a new part of the K Chapel family and the online experience. Listen, we want to include you in this as well. Amen. Go ahead and text to give. Give by way of our app. This is our worship. We worship through our giving. Amen. Come on and worship now. Oh yes, we came to worship you this morning, even through the quarantine. Here we go. Oh, come let us adore him. Come. Come. 
Come on, come let us.
Yes, we do, Lord. One more time, one more time, we worship. Put your hands together and give Him glory. Father, we thank you for these gifts. Father, we ask that you would bless them, that they may do your work here on earth, that some need will be met, Father, because of the gifts we received this morning, that your ministry will go forward, Father, because of the gifts we received. Father, let us be a blessing, not only to Case Chapel Church, but just this city, this state. But Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, because he was the perfect gift, Father, that you gave to us. It gives us the ability to give and to know how to give. And we can never repay you for that gift, Father, but we honor you. We honor you, Father, because you gave, gave us your son, your only begotten son. And we thank you. We pray now that your spirit would go before us and that you would bless us, that you would bless the pastor this morning, Father, that his message will go beyond these walls and reach the hearts of those who love you. These prayers we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let the church say amen. Amen. Let's say amen again. Amen. Thank God for this day and thank God for the presence of these who are with us on this morning. We've been pre-recording the last couple of Sundays, but this morning uh, the band is with us and three of our praise uh, lead team members are with us and we thank God for your presence on this morning. Yeah, we can do it pre-recorded, but it feels a little bit better. Amen. I got some live behind me. Amen. So I thank God uh, for your presence on this morning. God is a mighty, mighty good God. And listen, yes, even in the quarantine, even as we are, are made to shelter in place and stay home, aren't you glad that God isn't stuck anywhere, that God doesn't have to stay anywhere, but that he's the omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God? He's everywhere, everywhere in the same place at the same time time amen god bless you listen it's also it's time it's also a time when we certainly are are being prayerful for those who are affected uh by the uh, pandemic uh, we certainly are, are lifting up members uh, in our church family uh, who have been affected by it as well but we're also lifting up members uh who just through the normal course of life uh have had death to happen in their families and so we're uh, mindful and 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 thinking about uh those our members as well we ask that you keep uh, the Braxton and the Cheatham family in your prayers. We did have graveside services this past week uh, for Sister Irma Braxton, and we thank, I, I want to personally thank uh, the family just for its, its, its wonderful leadership uh, being on display in such a personal uh, time of, of, of being willing to uh, do it the way that we had to do it because of the circumstances uh, that we face. And I, I thank them for just being the model family of Christian uh, uh, servants and brothers and sisters that they are and I told them before we left uh, when this is all over we're going to give Sister Braxton a memorial that is fitting uh, for the life and the service that she rendered here at Cade Chapel we thank God for you and thank God for you who have continued to lift them up and 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 the good news is that as the Lord takes the Lord also gives 
The Lord give it and the Lord take it. Amen. Blessed, Job says, be the name of the Lord. And so we're excited this week because as, as, as God also took, he also gave. Listen, uh, one of our praise, one of our band members, uh, Carol is a new daddy, y'all. Carol is a new daddy. Put the camera on Carol. He's a new father. Amen. Just had his son this week, uh, Liam Kingsley McLaughlin born this week so he and Ashley are new parents and we thank God for them come on put some thumbs up put some hearts out there thank this new father be praying for him amen that's right praise team amen we're going to be lifting them up can't wait to see pictures amen we're going to get those out and make sure that everybody gets it. but be in prayer for Ashley and Carol these new parents this new father and this new mother we thank God uh, that he is a good God listen also want to remind you that we will be observing communion on this fourth Sunday and so we do ask that you come by as you did on last month and pick up your communion uh, bread and waf wafer and cup uh, that has been prepackaged already as it was on last month. All you have to do is come in, drive through. It will be, let the deacon know the number of, of that you need and he will give you a bag uh, that has already been, been prepackaged with that number. Uh, the hours will be Friday from 10 to 1, also Saturday from 10 to 1. And so come and get your uh, communion cup uh, so that you might celebrate and observe communion with us on next Sunday. Amen. All hearts and minds are clear. We're going to get ready to share the word. But before uh, the word of God, we're going to hear one more from the praise team. God bless you. Come on, give some thumbs up for this band and for this praise team. about the Lord this morning simply saying this your love for me it is so Your love found me. Your love 
your beautiful love, your beautiful grace, your beautiful mercy extended to us each and every day. Thank you, Lord, for the beauty of being forgiven. Lord, we recognize that we've done so much, and yet we've also done so little. But God, you are just simply good to us. So thank you, Lord, and we pray now your blessings upon this time together in your word. Use me in spite of myself, in spite of my frailty. Speak through these lips, for I yield them to you now, O God, for we need to hear a word from you. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. We do pray, amen and amen. Listen, I want to ask that you also keep Deacon Hartfield, Deacon Leo Hartfield and family in your prayers. His stepmother uh, passed uh, this week also and the funeral will be this Saturday, graveside services this Saturday at the Autumn Woods uh, Cemetery. So keep Deacon Hartfield in your prayers and his family in your prayers as well, amen. Read earlier in your hearing from the 13th number of the Psalms, Psalm 13, 
verses 1 through 6, these words you will find recorded. How long will thou forget me, O Lord? Forever. How long will thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long? Shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest mine enemy say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk about answers for the anxious heart. Answers for the anxious heart. Today marks the fifth Sunday that we have been meeting through the medium of live stream. The last time we gathered in this place together for corporate worship was March 8th. March 8th. And you should know that in the five weeks that we have been away from each other, that the church is not simply treading water trying to stay afloat. Rather, we are making intentional strokes to move ministry forward. While our live streaming audience continues to grow each week, we are excited this week to expand our online platform by having weekly guests to join us, join me each Wednesday night for an interactive learning experience entitled Essential Faith in a Virtual World. Each Wednesday at 7 p.m., a new guest will join me to discuss some key points of Christian doctrine in the context of this new normal that is being created each and every day. We begin this week with Pastor Dennis Grant from Jerusalem Baptist Church in Brandon, Mississippi. Other guests over the course of the next few weeks will include Pastor Robert McCallum and Pastor C.J. Rhodes and Pastor Vincent Rustle, Pastor Marcus Cheeks, to name a few, but that will be each and every Wednesday now, these pastors and I will be in virtual chat rooms, you might say, and we will explore together the word of God in the context of all that we are experiencing and seeing play out in our world each and every day. Secondly, we are continuing in the way of Christian ed education with our third bridge class. Bridge classes are now meeting virtually. Uh, bridge class is a small group from uh, for about 12 to 15, and I believe we're going to try to expand the number at this point for a few more so that those of you who are interested in, in things such as spiritual gifts or spiritual disciplines for a Christian life, you will have an opportunity to join in those small group settings virtually, sit in a few of them, uh, and, and, and be a part of the continuing growing Christian education that is being provided in these challenging times. And I want to thank Dr. Teresa Green, also Sister Linda Butler, for taking the initiative to transport that whole learning experience to an online platform. I appreciate your 
ingenuity in making sure uh, that the learning did not stop. I'm also pleased to roll out this morning a new relief effort for those members who have been affected financially by this pandemic. Working with our deacons, we have established what is called the PAID Fund, P-A-I-D. PAID stands for Personal Assistance for Income Displacement. If you have been laid off, or furloughed without pay, or your hours have been decreased to the extent that it has created financial strain to maintain household obligations, or if you are self-employed and your clientele has been unserviceable because of the pandemic, you likely will qualify for financial assistance from this paid fund. We here at K Chapel have earmarked dollars to see this fund and to have it make possible for you who have not been affected by this pandemic to give donations so that those who have been will be blessed. And that's biblical, y'all. The Bible says that those who are stronger ought to help those who are weaker to bear their burdens. I wish I had some Bible readers in here. And this is a moment for the church to be there for each other. I'm not talking about the church helping somebody uh, across the seas or across, uh, across the nation. I'm talking about us helping us right here. Right here, somebody who sits normally across from you may need some help during this time. And so if you are a member of Cade and this pandemic has affected you financially, creating economic hardship, your church is here to help you. Your church is here to help you. We will not sit idly by and watch people lose their homes or lose their cars or lose things that are valuable and dear to them. No, your church is here to help you. And so at the conclusion of this service, you will be getting a link. We need to send that link out. Amen. You will be getting a link text to you that will give you more information about the paid fund. And so I'm thankful that in and through all of this, that UK Chapel have been faithful to this church. And God has been faithful to us. But I know that even with all that we can celebrate this morning and all we can feel good about, about uh, doing ministry in these extenuating circumstances, there is still, Deacon Sims, the underlying question, Reverend, how long? How long? The anxiety of shelter in place and stay-at-home orders is beginning to set in and settle in. Family members who love each other starting to look at each other funny. I wish I had a witness in here. <laughs> I know you love your children, but they're getting on your nerves right now. Amen. How long? How long will we be meeting out of our building? How long? How long will we have to worship without the joy of assembling together in one place on one accord? How long? How long will we worship online and watch you and Pat and the praise team from home? How long will we be forced to practice social distancing when we are naturally social beings? But you know, this is not just a church thing. We can expand that line of questioning. How long? Will we meet virtually in Zoom, go to meeting, Google Hangouts, and have to see loved ones on FaceTime rather than face-to-face? -face? How long? How long will our children be at home going to some version 
of school online? How long will we be ordering groceries and depending on someone to pick what we would otherwise pick for ourselves, hoping that they select with the same care and scrutiny that we would select? How long? It's not just a family thing, y'all. It's a community thing. How long? Will we hear reports from Washington that don't reflect the reality of life in Jackson, Detroit, Memphis, New Orleans, or Birmingham? How long will we as a nation ignore the fact that COVID-19 is affecting black communities more? Not because we are inherently less healthy, but because of the systemic disparities that limit access to health care and healthy foods that then cause us to have to make choices that create these health conditions in the first place. How long? How long will nobody raise the question as to how Congress could take more than two years to get $100 million to Flint, Michigan in order to save people's lives from lead tainted poisonous waters, but could in a matter of days get $2.2 trillion of stimulus in aid passed in order to save the economy? How long? How long will we watch a president and governors be more anxious about opening the economy than increasing testing and ensuring a healthy workforce? How long will we pretend that policies and protocols being put in place to reopen states are driven by data to keep the masses of people safe when the reality is that they're being driven by economic interests to keep a few people rich? How long? But it's not just about Washington and outsider politics. We got to bring this conversation home to ourselves. How long will we as a community play with our own health and ignore the advice of public health professionals who are telling us to wear your masks, to stay home, to practice social distancing, and somehow we still think that that reality is not as serious as it really is. How long will we watch preachers co-opt the prophetic power of the black pulpit for a small bowl of pottage served at an expansive table of ethical compromise and moral bankruptcy? How long will we sing joy and preach peace to people when there is no joy and no peace? How long? Will we as a people sing when we should be crying, dance when we should be mourning, and refuse to police ourselves when it comes to crime and violence in our communities? How long? This psalmist is not simply asking a series of questions to God, but these are questions birthed in the brokenness of bitter cries. These are questions seasoned with the salt from midnight tears running down the cheeks and hanging on the chin. These are questions that speak to the tension in the heart of a person of faith who can't see God being faithful to them. And maybe you can't relate right now, but at some point you will come to a faith crisis when everything you know and believe about God will be put to the test. You know God is good. But why isn't he blessing you right now? You know the Lord is faithful, but why is his faithfulness so hard to detect in this season of darkness? And in those moments, you'll be asking your own how long questions. How long will my child be in and out of rehab? How long will I have to go through this chemo? How, how long will I have to put up with this pain? How long will my baby be in the hospital? How long, how many more visits do I have in me to go to the prison and see my son or my daughter locked up? How long will I live with this anger after the trauma of having been violated? How long? Like the psalmist, I've got my own how long questions. 
And I'm sure you've got yours too. But the good news this morning is that God is not put off by our questions. We've got a God who is well able to handle our questions of how long and how come, how many and how much, how far and how likely. The psalm, this psalm instructs the anxious heart this morning first by reminding us that you can faithfully question God. You can faithfully question God. Now that might sound strange to somebody because if you grew up like I grew up, you grew up hearing it said that, that you don't ever question God. And I take issue with that because that's only half true. You see, the truth of the matter is you can always ask God questions, but you should never question God's answers. Wish I had a witness in here. You, you, you can always ask God questions, but you should never question God's answers. The scripture never tells us thou shalt not question God. As a matter of fact, the Holy Scriptures present to us a plethora of personalities who faithfully question God. Feeling the burden of leadership, Moses asked God the question, Why have you afflicted your servant and wherefore have I not found favor in your sight? Jacob, growing weary of his own personal spiritual development, wrestled with God all night long. And, and until he asked him, Lord, what is your name? Abraham asked God the question, bargaining with him, trying to buy his nephew Lot some time, saying, will you destroy Sodom if you find ten righteous people in the land? So it is not inappropriate to question God or to ask him questions. He's not that kind of God who can't be approached with a question. I'm glad because I need a God I can ask questions of. When I don't understand what's going on, I need a God I can go to with hands lifted up and say, Lord, I got a question. I, I need a God I can go to and ask him, God, what's up with this? What's going on with this? Why is this happening? How am I supposed to make it? I need a God I can ask my questions to. The issue is that when I ask God questions, I've got to avoid questioning God's answers. That's what the old folk used to mean when they say don't question God. They're saying don't question what God has already determined. Don't distrust what God allows. Don't second guess what God has sovereignly decided. And I know that can be a tall order because sometimes God will do things or allow things that don't make sense to us. But what this psalm teaches us is that when we are frustrated with the happenings of life and vexed by the vicissitudes of chance, we can ask for God to give us understanding. That's what the psalmist says in the text, beginning with verse 3. He says, consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Listen there, lighten mine eyes, open mine eyes. Show me what's going on in all of this. Reveal to me what your will is in all of this. Give me wisdom and understanding through all of this that, that I may understand what's going on and, and how I'm to respond because I confess to you, God, in this moment of honesty and intimacy, there's some things, Lord, that's going on that I just don't understand. And what you got to remember is that God can be approached with those kind of faithful questions because first of all, God sits in a seat that you can't occupy. He, he sits high 
and looks low. Isaiah said, I, 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 in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Isaiah talks about him sitting on, on his throne and, and therefore because he sits on a, on a throne that he's higher than our, we are. He, 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 his, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. His understanding is higher than our understanding. So why not ask God what's going on in all of this? He has a view that we don't have. But I'm struck, I'm struck, Carol, by something in this psalm because although the psalm has faithfully asked God a series of questions, a series of questions, what I'm struck by is that God never gives him a single answer. God never says anything. I need to tell somebody, just because you ask the question does not mean that God is obligated to give you an answer. Our questions do not obligate God to answer. Don't forget that while he's our friend, he's also to be feared. And we are never in a position to demand an answer from God. I, 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 know, I know we've heard these kind of teachings uh, over the, uh, in the early 90s, late 80s and early 90s where, where, where it talked about the authority that you have and you can go to God and, and you can demand this based on, you can, listen, you can't demand that God do anything. You, you better sit down somewhere and, and understand that God is in control. And, and if you're going to approach him, you, you're going to approach him asking, not demanding anything. Our questions do not obligate God to answer. Interesting thing about this psalm is that God never answers this psalmist. Rather, the psalmist comes to some conclusions without God saying anything. Look, watch it. The psalmist comes to his own conclusions and God hasn't even spoken. In other words, watch this, hear me. There are some things, hear me, there are some things you're going to have to talk yourself through. Mm. That, 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 that's better than you say it, amen. There are some things you're going to have to talk yourself through. There, there are some things you, you're going to have to reach conclusions yet guided by the spirit without hearing his voice. You, you, you're going to have to know what the word says, stand on that word and do what David did. And sometimes you've just got to encourage yourself. I can't see you, God, but I know your word is true. And so I'm going to encourage myself. I can't hear what you're saying. I don't know where you are, but I know that you hadn't gone anywhere. So in the meantime, I'm going to encourage myself without any added revelation, without any special visitation, without any new insight or understanding. When God remains silent, there are some things that the people of faith are going to have to talk themselves to and through. Job found that out one day. He was suffering with such intensity, such hurt. Job, a man that God bragged on and called him righteous. Job, man that, that said of God and to God himself in his prayer, Lord, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. That Job, Job got to the point to where God's silence was so disturbing that it took toll on his patience. 
I know, I know we celebrate the patience of Job. I, I know we preach about Job being so patient that he waited on the Lord, but he, you need to read the whole, the whole book of Job because even Job showed some impatience with God. After a few chapters of, of waiting, after a few chapters of, of fighting off his friends and, and, and what they were saying about him, after all of that, even Job got impatient. Listen to him. He said, all that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would order my calls before him and fill my mouth with arguments. Job said, I got something to talk to you about, God. I, I've been sitting here waiting on you. I've I, I, I dealt with the loss of my children. I buried them and I, I, I said, though the Lord give it, the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. My wife got on my back and I told her, you sound like some of the old women who, who don't know God. Lord, the Lord is good to us. Though I, I, I took all of that and even then you still won't say nothing. Said, God, if I could find you, I would tell you something. I got something on my mind that I need to get off my chest. He said, I'm a righteous man. I live my life in such a way that I witnesses of God. I've served you, I raised my true, I did all of that and you still won't say anything to me. And for 15 chapters, God is silent. Job fights with his friends and wrestles with his feelings, and God is silent. Job goes in and out of depression, and God is silent. Job tries to pick up the pieces of his shattered life and scrape the sores of his body with the broken pieces of pottery, and through all of that, God is silent. I need you to understand this morning that God is never obligated to answer us. He may in fact choose to remain silent when we raise questions to him. And when God is silent, that's really when faith is stretched to its limits. When God is silent, that's really what you believe comes to surface. When God is silent, that's when faith gets pulled to its limits. We can make it through a whole lot of things as long as we can hear from the Lord. We can make it through sickness, pain, and suffering as long as we can hear from the Lord. We can make it through death, divorce, and destruction as long as we can hear from the Lord but when God is silent and says nothing that's taking faith to a whole different level because God says in his silence oh yes oh yeah he's saying something he's saying can you trust me when you can't trace me he's saying something in his silence he's saying do you believe me when you can't feel me in his silence, he's saying, will you follow me when I'm still? In his silence, God yet answers us. God is not obligated to give us an answer that we expect. But thanks be to God, number three in this text, that God knows how much we can bear. That's why I've for 15 chapters, God remained silent. But I'm in Job now, and in chapter 38, God shows up. He comes in a whirlwind, and out of the whirlwind, God begins to talk to Job. He says, Job, I understand you've been looking for me. I understand you got something you want to ask me. I, 
I've been watching you from heaven and listening to your discourse with your friends and then you're in a discourse with yourself. I understand you got something you want to say to me, Job. I understand something's on your mind, he says, but before you get too carried away and allow your circumstance to change your conviction, before you get too caught up in what you think you know and understand and have a right perspective of, before you ask me anything, Job, I got some questions for you. God says, where were you? When I laid the foundations of the earth, in other words, Job, you, you hadn't been here long enough to talk to me the way you think you want to talk to me. Where were you? Where, where, where were you when, when, when I created this world and I, I put this world in place and, and I, I took my seat on my throne in heaven? Where were you? You don't sit where I sit. You don't know what I know. You can't question me the way you think you want to. Where were you? Upon what are the foundations of the world fastened, God asked Job. In other words, you can't see what I see because you don't sit where I sit. If you sat where I sat, you would see what's holding the earth on its axis. But since you don't know what's holding the earth on its axis, and since you don't know what's keeping the sun in its place, and since you can't tell me why the stars stay where they are until I tell one of them fall, since you can't tell me any of that, you need to check yourself before you come to me. God presses Job and puts him in place. Make sure that before you come asking me, you need to understand who you're approaching, Job. You don't know how the doors of the sea are shut up. You don't know, Job, how the sea breaks forth from its womb. You don't know how the clouds are formed. You don't know how the proud waves of the ocean never overtake the shore. You don't know, Job. You, you, you don't know. Have you ever called morning out of darkness? <laughs> have you ever, Job, have you ever made day stay in its place? Job, have you ever gone down into the depths of the earth and do you know how deep it is? Do, do you know where light comes from? Do, do you know how much rain are in the clouds? Do you know how much snow is stored up in heaven? Do, do you know how much sand is on the beach? Job, before you ask me anything, can you answer any of my questions? And then he asks one final question at the end of chapter 38. He asks, Job, this question, I want to leave it with you. He says, Job, who provides the raven with its food? That's where I want to take my exit pad right there. He said, who provides, yeah, the raven with its food? He said, in other words, Job, I know you're concerned about life as it is now. I know you're concerned about these tragedies that have befallen you. I know your heart has become anxious. Your mind is perplexed. I know your spirit and your soul are vexed and shaken to their core. He says, but Job, just answer me this one question. Who's taking care of the birds and, and it really is a rhetorical question it's the same question that Jesus asked when he said 
If God is feeding the sparrow, if the fields, the flowers in the fields don't have to toil, if the birds don't have to take care of themselves, if none of these things are doing things, yeah, to make sure that their needs are met. The answer is that God is taking care of you. And that's good news for us this morning. Because a lot of us are asking our own questions of how long. How long can we keep going on like this? How long, yeah, will the store still be closed? How long, yeah, will our lives be interrupted? How long, yeah, will we have to deal with this new normal? Well, I don't have the answer for how long, but I can tell you this morning that as long, I say as long, as God is holding us in his hand as long as the Lord's arms are wrapped around us as long as God is sitting on his throne as long as he still has power in the palm of his hand as long as he's still the eternal God as long as God hadn't gone anywhere we don't have to worry and we don't have to fret. Is there anybody at home today who can testify today? I don't have the answer for how long, but I'm glorifying that as long, as long as I got my hand in the Lord's hand, as long as I got my hand in my Father's hand, as long as he walks with me as long as he talks with me as long as he tells me I am his own say it say it I don't know how long but he, here's the answer for my anxious heart and think it doesn't matter I can't tell you when, but I can tell you this, that God is still with us. As long, listen, listen, let me help you, you anxious people out there. As long as the sun continues to shine. As long as you can still open your eyes. As long as you still know what day it is. As long as you still know your name. As long, as long, as long as your needs are still being met. You ought to go ahead and thank God. And do what the psalmist did at the end of this text. He talked himself to the way of saying, you know what? I will sing. It's, it's in the text, y'all. I ain't making it up. It's at the end of the text. He said, listen, I can't answer these questions, but I know that since God is opening my eyes, I will sing 
a new song. <sighs> Beloved, you ought to sing this morning. You ought to sing this morning. I don't know how long, but I know that my life is in his hands. And because my life is in his hands, I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. Because my life uh, is in his hands. Hallelujah. You don't have to worry. Don't be afraid. And don't you be afraid. Joy comes. Joy comes in the morning. Trouble. Troubles, they don't last always. There's a friend. For there's a friend in Jesus. Wipe your tears. Who will wipe your tears away? And if your heart is broken You ought to just lift your hands this morning Just lift your hands and say Oh, I know that I can make it I know that I can stand No matter what may come my way My life
perhaps you have not put your life in his hands yet. The good news this morning is that he's just been carrying you. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? You haven't put your life in his hands, but he's just been so merciful and gracious that he's just been carrying you. But right now this morning, you need to do your part. You need to put your life, your heart, give it over to him, whoever you are, wherever you are. If you're in Jackson, if you're in Atlanta, if you're in California, wherever you are watching us right now, I want to invite you to give your life and put your life in the hands of God. Open your heart to Jesus Christ. Let him become Lord of your life, Savior of your soul. And you want to, you're asking, how do I do that? It's very simple. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I give my life to you now. Save me by your blood. I believe now that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died on a cross for my sin. And I believe he rose again from the dead. And now, salvation has been given to me. It's a fact and not a feeling. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now listen, if you pray that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the gift of salvation. And it's a gift. Listen, God, God doesn't give and take away this gift. This is a gift that's once given. Nothing and nobody can ever take it away from you. So we celebrate the fact that you have now surrendered your life to Christ and given your life to God. Listen, we want you to do one more thing. Call the number that's on your screen right now. We will have somebody there who's willing, ready, and able to pray with you, pray for you, and give you next steps for how you live out your faith. If also you want to connect with us here at K Chapel and become a member online, become a member that once these church doors open, you want to reconnect with us and rejoin with us here, or perhaps if you're not in the area, but you like what's going on here, you want to be a member of this church and you want to uh, be an online member. We're figuring out how you can do that right now. But what we want you to do is go ahead and call that number right now and make your intention known that, yes, I want to be a part of this church, a part of this ministry. Sign me up. Put my name down. I, I'm being fed and I want to continue in my spiritual growth and development. God bless you. I'd love to be your pastor. We'd love to be your brothers and your sisters. Go ahead and do that now. Make that call right now. If the number is busy, you keep calling back because I promise you it's going, to open, it's going to open up eventually. And I thank God that he's using this online process. We've already gained, listen y'all, we've gained new members already. I don't know if I told y'all this. We've gained several new members already. People have also re recommitted their lives to Christ and recommitted themselves back to the church because of this. So thank God for you recommitting and coming to Christ and giving your lives to Christ. But there is yet still room. There is room for you. The doors of the church yet remain open. Call that number. Do it now. God bless you and give you is our prayer. Listen, again, we want to remind you at the conclusion of the service, you're going to get that text, the paid fund. Those of you who have been laid off or hours have been significantly decreased, you're self-employed and, and you have uh, had a, a clientele that is unserviceable because uh, of the stay-at-home shelters and this pandemic as it has affected so many across this nation, uh, you go ahead and start now. Go ahead and start now. It's an online form. It'll take you all of three minutes uh, to fill it out. Applications will start being processed on tomorrow, uh, but there's no reason that you can't 
go ahead and familiarize yourself with it right now. Uh, look at it. Those of you who want to donate, uh, you that, that link is there as well. The link to apply for funds, the link to donate to the fund. Both of those are right there. We want you to access that and help us help one another. Amen. God bless you. Also, again, this Wednesday, we will see you at 7 o'clock this Wednesday uh, for our virtual essential faith in a virtual world. Our virtual Bible study continues this Wednesday at 7 p.m. with special guest uh, Pastor um, uh, Dennis Grant from the Jerusalem Baptist Church in Brandon, Mississippi. Again, we want to see you Friday and Saturday, Friday from 10 to 1, Saturday from 10 to 1. Stop by and get your communion cup so that we might observe the Lord's uh, communion together on the next Lord's Day. Also, you can drop off your tithes during that same time. Amen. God bless you and God keep you as our prayer. We're standing for the benediction. That's right. Go ahead and stand in your home. Go ahead and listen. You got to do what we do. If we got to do it. You got to do it too. Go on and stand up. Amen. God bless you and God keep you. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. We love you. We'll see you next time.